Welcome to Bill Roden on Sports. Taking you inside clubhouses, locker rooms, and boardrooms. Legendary sports columnist Bill Roden gets inside the heads and beneath the veneer of the men and women who play and own the games we love. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another version of Bill Roden on Sports. Here with my co-host and friend, the great Jamal Murphy. Jamal, what's up? Uh, you know, the same old, same old here in the NYC. Is that good? And I'm That's here, good. That's I'm here good. in NYC, too. Great to be oh, here. Oh, oh, yeah, I just right. noticed. <laughs> in studio. In studio. Be going back in a couple of weeks. <laughs> uh, our guest today, this is, this, is, uh, this is really great, man. I wanted to get this guy on our program for quite a while. Our guest today is the uh, great Baron Davis. Uh, Baron Davis, many of you know Baron Davis as an All-American at UCLA. Uh, he was, you know, had a, and, and is having an uh, outstanding pro career. He was the uh, f- uh, third overall pick of the 1999 uh, draft. He was uh, drafted by Charlotte. and uh, Then, you know, he's played with uh, Charlotte, uh, Golden State, the Clippers, the Cavs, the Knicks. Uh, and last year, he spent the 2016 uh, season with the uh, in the D League with the Delaware Eighty Seventers. What I really respect about uh, Barron is that he's become a really fine producer. He's got about four titles to his name, and he's uh, on April 29th. His his latest documentary, which is very very powerful, is uh, coming out. It's called The Drew, and it's about uh, the Drew League which is a, a league out in Los Angeles. And it, it's, it's really part and part of the culture of where Baron Davis grew up in L.A., in South Central L.A. I think, in fact, I think Baron grew up on, he'll correct me on this, on, on the east side because it's like the east and the west side, but really is a very, very, very powerful, a powerful documentary. So we will be talking with the great Baron Davis about his, his documentary his career as a producer, and much more on this version of Bill Roden on sports. Welcome to Play It, a new podcast network featuring radio and TV personalities talking business, sports, tech, entertainment, and more. Play it at play.it. Taking you inside the games we love, this is Bill Roden on sports. Baron Davis has walked in. I told him, well, because time is tight. We already did the introdu- introduction, but because you're an NBA guy, we'll just, and starting <laughs> as the executive producer of, a tr- of a, yet another tremendous documentary, <laughs> The Great Baron Davis. <laughs> anyway, Baron, welcome to the show, thank man. Thank you. Thank you for having me. I appreciate you guys. No, it's thank all pleasure. You, so you know, I don't know if you remember this, but you were, when you were at Golden State um, a number of years ago, and uh, after the after the uh, the game, I was talking to you, but I knew you had just done a a documentary or something. You just finished uh-huh. up a doc. Oh, a Step Brothers, Step Brothers. You either made an appearance. Yeah, in Step I made Brothers. an appearance of Step Brothers. Yeah, yeah, and I think around the same year you did something like uh, Hot cr- in Cleveland or, yep. or something. And 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 but at the time you were just beginning uh-huh. to, to to stick your feet. In the, in the waters right. of, of being a documentarian. Uh-huh. And I thought that was so, so cool um, because of, you know, one of the things I think is very important about people in general, but, but African-Americans in general, is that 
we really need to tell our own stories. For we sure. have to really have control of our stories. And so For I sure. thought that was really cool. And then with this, this latest documentary, uh, The Drew, uh-huh. uh, which is going to be airing Showtime uh, tomorrow, Friday, I, I just thought it was very powerful, man. Thank I mean, it, it was really, really, really very powerful. And I just... There's so many things to ask you about it, but when did you get it in? Because you kind of grew up with uh-huh. the Drew, right? You grew up in South Central. Yes. East Side. East Side. Not, not, you're <laughs> not one of the West Side. Side. No, not no, no, West no. Side uh, <laughs> Country Club uh, Brothers. No. <laughs> <laughs> I had access. <laughs> <laughs> but just tell me a little bit about, about because you, you uh, about the Drew, I mean, people are going to watch this and they'll find out about it, but what it meant to you and when did you decide as a filmmaker that this is something that you want to do you, you you want people to see this um you know for me it was 13 years old uh planning my first drew game uh pretty much getting cussed out by a grown man until somebody was like hey he's just a kid man like well, what the hell is he doing here <laughs> <That's right>. <laughs> <laughs> so you must have looked yeah, over stop turning the ball over kid <laughs> you didn't have the beard beer then nah. did you <laughs> <I'm> sure <laughs> i was tiny too and you know, from that point, it was just like I had never known that such a thing existed, and you know, that's eight, seven, eight blocks from where I live. Mm-hmm. And you know, it was just like, man, it, like what a wonderful thing! And all these guys that you hear about that played in high school and went to college, and you know, you kind of like that didn't make pro, and, mm-hmm. and, and you and you never really hear about them afterwards. I got to see these dudes, mm-hmm. and so for me, they were they were my legends. They were the people that I could go. I saw in high school, or I saw in junior college, and they were playing in this league. And for me, it was just like, man, I want to be there, you know. And you know, just over the years, just being there, just being there, learning the game, learning the game from you know L.A. basketball players who just you know that's all we do. That's our life. Basketball mm-hmm. is our lifestyle. And you know, just being with the Drew through through his hardships, his ups ups and downs when it when I was uh, in high school and college, and then a, a, as a pro coming back, give it you know giving back to the league, and you know st- kind of still seeing them struggle with certain things, um, and then the lockout happened, mm-hmm. and all of a sudden it was like all the guys, all the little bros, all my little bros that were in high school were now you know graduating from college and playing overseas and. So you look up and it's 40, 50 guys either, you know, in college, overseas or playing in the NBA. And now they all in the drill Mm. and it's cool to be in the hood. (laughs) And right right there I was like, man, we got to capture this moment because this is the Drew never really wanted this. The Drew has always stayed the same. But now it's starting to get the cachet. It's starting to get the love from the outside community you know, from the west side, from people from Orange County. Like, it was, it, it became like, you know, you see white people in Watts and, you know, just enjoying the game. And I was like, man, this is this is a special thing, and it, and this is going to be the tipping point and for the Drew. The, and that therein lies the danger. Yeah. I mean, I mean, you know what I'm saying? I, I, I live yeah. in Harlem. Yeah. And I've lived in Harlem for a long time. And when things become gentrified, before you know it, you don't have it anymore. Right. I mean, you just blink your eye, right? And all of a sudden, it's it gone. Go, it, it, it's gone, and like, well, how how did absolutely that happen? And I, I get that's I, I do want to ask you about that because again, I do live in Harlem. I, I grew up in Chicago, live in Harlem. So every year, from where I live, I hear the Rucker. I live like five minutes from mm-hmm. the Rucker, right. mm-hmm. and every summer, 
I'm hearing it. I hear yeah. the sum and all the guys come. But when watching the 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 Drew, I'm like, I wanted to ask you, did you you probably played in the Rucker before? Yeah, right? I did. So tell me the difference between. Um, Hey, listen, man, we just yeah, yeah, be real. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Because no, I, I love the Rucker. Yeah. I love the Rucker. I felt um, at the time in my career, I think 2002, um, I was like, man, I have to play in the Rucker. Mm-hmm. You know, the Rucker is something that at at that period of time, it's like you had to play in because it was you get street credibility, entertainment credibility, and you know, this is New York's baby. You know, everybody talk about the Rucker in New York, so. You know, and New York is the mecca of basketball. It was like, man, you got to play in the Rucker. And, you know, it's outdoor. It's more entertainment-based. Right, 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 you know, right, right. the Drew is the Drew is a league. Right, it's like real. You're yeah, inside. It's, that yeah. makes a big difference. Yeah, you're inside. You're, it's a league. You know, these teams have been together for 20-plus years. You know, you can't just show up and mm. play on the team. <laughs> you know, it's, it's like it's, – it's, and a credit to Dino, you know, it's like – very well organized, very well ran, ran just like it would be, you know, the games are on time, they're on schedule, you know, there's no like flip-flopping teams playing, you know, one guy playing on every team all day, (laughs) you know, it's a real league, you play on your team, you get a jersey, you play after, you know, it's, it it, it was the organization and and, and the inside play that I think, um, really separates it you know and 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 then you have that same type of intensity you know you you have that same type of intensity inside in a small gym you know you have that rucker experience that entertainment experience in a small gym and watts and then on top of that you know there's nba refs so everything right. is kind of you know ran just at, at, at a high level when it comes to the drew and for us in la we can't congregate outside mm. and play you know uh, mm. Entertainment, dangerous. No, yeah, drive-by shootings. <laughs> LA, LA is known for drive-by shootings. Yeah, no, it's, it's not. It's not. It's not, you, it's not a laughing matter. Right. But at the same time, it's funny, right? Because when you when when we were going around the city and we were, you know, some people were like, "Man, we got to film all these outside courts and like get kids outside the court, you know, playing." I was like, "Dude, I, you try it, <laughs> right? You know, like because right. right. and and we have." A ton of outside courts, but right. nobody plays outdoor for the fear of drive-by shootings in the gangs. And it's interesting, you know, the film is about the Drew, mm-hmm. but it's also like it's a hood story, right. yeah. And it's right. like it's your hood right. story. Uh-huh. Right. Is that? Did you look at it like that? Uh, no, I, I, I just, I just tried to implement kind of like my story into it, so you know, uh, there could be some grounding and and there could be you know kind of like a character sense. Um, you know, it is a hood story. You know, and 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 it's a positive hood story. And we wanted to make we wanted to make sure that that message, you know, uh, came across that we're not sugarcoating anything. Right, no, you know it, what I mean? Yeah, it's yeah. it's good stuff. It's good stuff in our neighborhoods. You know, it's good people. It's good leaders. It's good mentors. You know, we don't have a lot. You know, <laughs> but you know, w- when we do, we we rally around that. And and I think that was the beauty of. You know, the film is, is 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 what we tried to do was bring out that community element. You know, the guy. I mean, the, the person who really emerges as a hero is Dino Smiley. Yeah. And for anybody who runs, you know, I run a sports and recreation program at my church in Harlem, mm-hmm. and guys are telling me that uh, there's a guy named uh, Mr. Black. Mm-hmm. Guys who come to the church who are like 60 years old say, "Oh yeah, man, I came here. This is where Mr. Black." Yeah. You know, so in every community. 
particularly in black communities, uh, there's somebody yeah. like Dino Smiley, for sure. who these unsung heroes who've been doing it not for money, right, not right. just for whatever. And and, and 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 I guess without it being a question, is that I think that's one of the beauties of the of the of the doc. Is that without you saying, okay, we're going to make a hero out of Dino, he just bursts through as right. one of the people who just was filled with love, mm-hmm. commitment. Yep. You know. Yeah, and for for us, it was like there's a Dino in everybody's hood. You know, there's a D, there's a Dino in every you know urban city in America that's opening up these gyms, that's opening up his house, his family. You know, and and helping kids change their lives, and for us. As African Americans, uh, you know, in this country, you know, in our history, that's all we really have. Like our heroes come from our community, exactly. you know, exactly. um, and it, it, it always takes a village to raise, you know, one or two successful people coming out of these inner city situations. And for someone like Dino, you know, he's touched people's lives when they're kids and then again when they're adults. Right. And it's just showing the beauty of basketball and sport and how how a sport, if you stay connected to a sport, how it can give you some validity, how it can give you some peace and understanding and peace of mind. And for a lot of these guys who are in their twenty, late 20s and 30s and 40s and 50s, just staying close to the game, you know, keeps them out of trouble. And they still look, to, look at Dino like a father figure because right. he didn't want open in the That's gym, right. you know? Right. <laughs> That's, right. Right. That's right. You know, one of the uh, also interesting things was, was in, um, with Kenny, Kenny Bruner. Uh-huh. Right. And, I mean, there's so many sub-stories in right. this. And one of the things I remember, and, and, you know, I've been doing this stuff for 30-something years. Uh-huh. And it's always fascinating about the guys who do and the guys who don't. Right. You know, we all tell the story. There are a million guys who may have been more talented mm-hmm. or whatever, but... Many are called, few are chosen. Right, and and you look at Kenny, and, he, and and thank God there was a Drew League to bring him back for sure. But I just wanted to ask you, I mean, a, again, what's the difference when you see a guy like Kenny Boone? A lot of guys who came up through the Drew, what's generally the difference between those who do? You you look at your career, uh-huh. and you had a long NBA career, right. and you're and it's still ongoing. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. You know, what's the difference between those who do and those who don't? Um, I think it's your choices and your decisions and your opportunities. Um, a lot of time is really it's your choices and decisions. That's what it boils down to. You know, what school you go to, you know, who are you listening to, you know, um, in that moment, you know, are you going to man up or are you, or is somebody questioning, you know, right? Or is it your manhood that you're fighting for? And, it, you know, it's just like, you know, you know are you a survivor? You know, like, are you, you know, what's your street smarts like? Like, when do you get, you know, and a lot of times guys give up, mm. you know, and it, and and we don't get a lot of opportunities, right. you know. <laughs> so when we give up or we make a mistake or mistakes are made, that it don't take you two steps back. It knock mm. you all the way back it, down it the ladder. Be, it could be over. It could be over. And and case in point with, with Kenny, it was, you know, him and I were literally one and two point guards in California. Um, and it was just, you know, a couple of things didn't go right. You know, um, when he went off to school, it, it you know, it, yeah, he, he was just in a foreign place and he was a different dude. And, mm-hmm. and, you know, he started to make poor decisions. And I think those poor decisions really 
led him astray and it was and it's hard to get back on the right track when you don't have a father you know what i mean when you don't have a big brother when you don't really have a mentor and you know uh in the dock him coming back to the drew and through the drew uh you know the moment where he's basically crying on dino's shoulder you know that's like he was crying for so many reasons. Right. You know, he was mm-hmm. crying for so many for not making the McDonald's All-American game for 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 not being able to to stay at Georgetown and be, you know, wind up being Big East player of the year or right. not going pro. It, it was just like, you know, he finally he finally accepted that, you know, this was going to be his path in basketball was something that at that moment saved his life to give him an opportunity to stick with it mm. so he don't get in no more trouble, you know? That's right. It's almost, it's almost the power of, I was telling guys, most pro, you know, I, I talk to young people all the time, and they talk about, oh, history, why do we look at history, particularly young athletes? I said, well, why do you think that your coach has you watching game film for like 90% of your time mm-hmm. if the past isn't, because everything you're watching is of the past. Right. Last year's game. Right. Last year's practice. Right. La- so if the past isn't important, why are they having you watch this stuff? Mm-hmm. And invariably it's because, well, everything is about today's game. Right. And so I'm saying when, when guys watch this documentary, same thing, you're watching it, and it's entertainment, but what do you, even as you're watching it, as, as successful as you have been, what do you get out of it, even when you watch the path, you know, the the, uh, the memories it brings up, the mm-hmm. thing, but what do, you, what do you even get out of it in terms of how it relates to moving forward? Uh, you know, that's where you learn. That's where you understand who you are, uh, and and what your future is going to be. So that's how you learn. You you learn from mistakes. You know what I mean. You learn from successes. You learn from failures. And so when I watch the film, you know, I I look at it from a social perspective and seeing, you know, it started here with nobody, lack of resources, no no resource, and now it's get it's gotten to a point where. You know, hopefully this documentary puts it on, on a platform and a pedestal to where they can get the resources and the opportunities. So for me, it's like, all right, what can we fix? What has happened along the way mm. that we didn't necessarily take advantage of that we can take advantage of now? And, you know, mm. just even even paying homage for, for us um, doing this documentary, it was like so many players' stories that we wanted to tell, and so many great players and legends that came out the Drew. It was just, you know, we want to pay homage to basketball and the evolution of basketball because, you know, the game doesn't really change. It's just the it's the names, you know, and and sometimes right, right. a few players here and there, but you know, it's just we really wanted to pay homage and and, and humble ourselves, you know being around a lot of these older older guys and, and and I like to call them my OGs because when I was you know now when I was 13 now you know 37 years old a lot of these guys are are getting older and 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 you know health wise are not able to make it out or or be around as much as they could so you know this film was to really capture that and and to honor them as well and something that they can be proud of how important is it do you think being in the league has given you uh, uh, an extra insight For sure. as a filmmaker. For I mean, sure. it's one thing to do hoop dreams or whatever mm-hmm. and not really be part of that, well, you can be a sports player for that matter. Right. But, but does it give you a particular insight as a, as a filmmaker to come you know, to come at it from someone who's actually a particular? You're not a Pharisee. This is what you do. You've yeah. done it. 
Yeah, I, I think it, get, it it gets you behind the scenes. For me, um, you know, it's all about story. And so sharing those stories with uh, teammates and, and, and understanding the athlete, you know, understanding the, you know, the highly successful ones, the ones that did make it, I think for me that, that gave me the perspective. And then also being a part of the production of NBA games or commercials or, you know, documentaries and things like that, it gave me an opportunity to see the way the game was being shot, to see the way the game was being portrayed and say, okay, now what does that look like through my lens? How can we show basketball in a different sense? How can we make a basketball documentary that's not really a basketball documentary that has some message into it, but it's not too preachy and it's still a basketball, (laughs) you know what I mean? So it was like, you know, like how, how do we, how do, how do I want to, you know, Put my point of view out there. What are, what are some of the differences that that you saw that you tried to do differently uh, as you created the movie? Uh, one, I didn't want to sit heavy on you know just basketball and the whole like like you won't see those those hero moments, those slow motion like you know dream shots with the right. voiceover right. and you know talking about like it's not even about you know like you won't see us talking about the finals and different things like that like what we wanted to do i think what was different was actually get underneath the people's skin you know mm-hmm. and 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 we want we wanted to show the trash talking yeah. we wanted to show the interaction between a player and a fan and a high school gym, you know, in that type of setting, you know, uh, a few highlights here, you know, like kind of like more so like fast pace, you know, uh, you got the hip hop element, right. you know, it's just like a- adding a lot of different textures to, you know, the energy. And, uh, and I think that that's something that when we were making this film, it was like, man, how can we, how can we take the fan? How can we take this person on a, on a ride, you know, from the, we wanted the film to be from the time you got off the plane at LAX, a car picked you up, and it's a day in the life of the Drew, but it's a day in the life of LA, right. and the life of LA, and, and, and that's what we set out to accomplish. Mm. How, how uh, important is it for you to stay in the, in the league? Uh, you know, last year you spent uh, a season in the D League, mm-hmm. and now you want to you come back. And I think I, I think of everything in terms of branding. Right. Is that and, and, and you probably you may think of it different as well. The longer you're in the league, the more powerful you could do more of these pieces. You uh-huh. know, you could do more, you know, you could do more sure. documentaries. But is 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 it important for you to stay in the league just because you want to play, or because you also want to play, but you also want to have a have a have a base? You know, to continue to do these great things, tell great stories. And you know, be supported by a very powerful brand in doing it. Yeah, for sure. Um, you know, I, I'm going to continue to make films and continue to make movies. Uh, you know, when I do choose to retire, I think for me, uh, playing right now is I gotta I gotta play as much as I possibly can before mm-hmm. I can't before I can't do it no more. Right. And you know, me coming back and going back to the NBA, it's like I just want to prove to myself. Uh, and prove that I can play, that I can still play with some of these young dudes, and I want to see this gener—you know—I want to see, I want to measure myself up against this generation, knowing that you know I'm not the player that I used to be, but I can still definitely keep up, compete, and compete at a high level. 
but uh, it'll be time. You know, I'm waiting for I'm waiting for one of these young dudes to retire me. That's all. <laughs> <laughs> uh, has the has the Drew helped you as far as that goes? On you playing the D League, yeah. but I'm sure you know you played in the Drew. You're playing against up and coming guys. Is that is that a gauge for you too? For sure, uh, especially when I was hurt. You know, when I got hurt with the Knicks, I I didn't even really care about playing basketball anymore and then you know one summer after Drew I'm watching the next summer I'm like oh let me play a couple games here and there (laughs) then the third year is like man I'm playing you know what I mean like and you know it's just a it's a it's a whole different level of intensity is you know people picking you up full court double teaming thing like that and for me it was like whoa I still got some respect Mm. you know imagine if I was in shape so the next year I come back and I'm in you know better shape and I'm like, you know what? I can kind of keep up with these dudes. Matter of fact, I'm out here, you know, doing what I want to do, right. you know. And and so then it became, well, if I can play in the Drew, I should be able to compete in the D League because mm-hmm. they're not picking you up full court. And, you know, even though the uh, the level of play is a little bit more heightened, um, I know I can compete. You know, I know I can give myself a chance to compete in the D League. And so now it's the D League. And I was like, hey, man, you know, I – did a pretty good job. I was rusty, but I knocked off a lot of the rust. Let's see what happens when uh, I, I go back to the NBA. Is there is there a documentary in the D League? Uh, there is. I have been taking footage. I have been, play, you know, I have, I have had a cameraman just kind of follow and follow my experience over the last, you know, two and a half, three years since I've been doing this, and so, you know, maybe that's some type of short form content or something like that. But, you know, it won't be complete until. I'm on that NBA court. <laughs> <laughs> then it's a movie. Yeah, then it's a movie. Right. Yeah. Uh, just don't come back to New York, brother. That's, that's, that's another documentary. <laughs> you know what? I wouldn't, I wouldn't mind coming back to New York. You know, this is a place that I got hurt, and, you know, I never expected to be uh, carted off mm. with a standing ovation. Mm. Like, on a stretcher, I always thought that, you hit a game-winning shot, everybody's standing ovation, you run into the locker room, but definitely not on the stretcher. So it'll be an opportunity to kind of, like, you know, fix that. And, and you know, especially mm. for the New York fans, they were so great, and, and, and the organization was so great, you know, to me, sticking sticking with me through, you know, the time that I was hurt and I was here. It'd be great to come back and, like, and, and give them a show. Whose who's D-League team did you play for? Uh, the Philadelphia 76ers. Yeah. yeah. Uh, my guest has been the great Baron Davis. He's the uh, producer, executive director of a wonderful documentary called The Drew. It's going to air on Showtime uh, to, you know, tomorrow, but for yeah. the purpose of this documentary, you can pick it up on, on demand. Before uh, before we let you go, a couple of things. I mean, there's this, again, man, there's so much to talk about. We could yeah. talk <laughs> for another hour about about a lot of stuff, um, gentrification, mm-hmm. control. But, sure. But... Uh, you've been watching the playoffs, I mm-hmm. imagine. Yeah. Um, just your thoughts, not so much of who's going to win or lose, but it's 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 particularly having the distance you've had. It must be fascinating to watch Golden State. Yep. Watch a guy like Curry almost hurt. To me, it's almost like the playoffs. Uh, somebody's career begins after you've had this kind of clear streak. All of a sudden, you get hurt. Yeah. Now, like you've been injured. Okay. Now, let's see what happens. When, when you get when back. you get when you get hurt when yeah. you come back, yeah. it's just I just some of your just general thoughts about the playoffs about Golden State who you used to play for Curry and how do you think things are, are going? Well, I think you know the playoffs uh, for the for the first round it has been kind of disappointing, you know a lot of blowouts, uh, injuries, you mm-hmm. know uh, unfortunate injuries to Steph Curry, 
now Chris Paul and Blake Griffin. Um, you know, just a lot of unfortunate, you know, situations like that. Um, but all in all, is you know, I think this the next round is is gonna be you know uh, really powerful, and you got OKC matching up against San Antonio. Um, you know, I think Cleveland is gonna have a, a a tougher run their second round. Uh, hopefully, Steph Steph Curry will be able to be back for uh, round two. Let's let's hope the Warriors continue to win out so we can get Steph Curry back on the floor. And and just to speak on Steph Curry is just. You know, this kid is blessed with, with guys' gift of basketball. He loves the game. You see it when he, when he plays. He understands it at a high level. And, you know, he's just beating everybody to the punch. He's beating everybody to the ball. And, and you know, it's a joy to, it's a joy to watch somebody who's, who's living in their light, who's mm-hmm. shining in their light. And, like, not only that, but giving light to other people and his teammates. And so when you watch him – and then, you know, speaking on the Warriors being, you know, that I play for the organization is just there's a light there. And those guys are passing that light around and ultimately it's shining on the whole team. So no matter who plays, you know, uh, I was wa- I was watching the game last night and going through the stats. It's like 17, 22, mm-hmm. 8, 9, right. 7, right. 4. <laughs> two, thirteen, nine. Right. It's like, man, it's you know, when you start looking, that's that's ten dudes right. on your team that are, that's scoring. Right. And you know, you look up twenty five assists on you know so many baskets, and 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 it's just a joy to watch when a team has chemistry like that, a belief, a trust, a communication with with uh, with each other, and you know, that's for me. That's what I root for. I think San Antonio's gonna win, but. That's another. Yeah, I, I, <laughs> if, if Steph Curry's still hurt. Yeah. <laughs> well, but I mean, do you ever come back? I mean, in other words, just like as you get older, you know, that's a myth that when you as you get older, you get better. I mean, the reality is that. So I'm wondering if you get hurt and you come back. I mean, do you really get better? I mean, it's only a sprain and yeah. MCL. Only, only. <laughs> well, you, you do you do get better because you you learn how to compensate and you learn how to play. You know, at a certain level, like you learn how to be really good at 75, 70%. So then as you start to get back to your normal self, you really learn, you know, a couple a couple different things. One is a pace, you know, because you're not as fast as you were before, so you have to be more tactful, you know. And secondly is is just the mental aspect of the game, just knowing that you that you're going into the game handicapped. And so you have to you have to be that much more in tune and that much more focused in order to make up for you know the lack of, you know the lack of an ankle or a knee or something that may be holding you back. Our guest has been the great Baron Davis. His documentary is The Drew. You got to watch it. And Baron, man, we're looking forward. Okay, since you want to come back to New York, yeah. we're looking forward to seeing you right. back as a savior, <laughs> as a savior of the New York. Yeah, for sure, Nick. I'm ready. Yeah. Yeah. And on this show again. Yeah, yeah, and on this. Sure. Hey, man, that's right. After you become yeah. the savior, <laughs> save I'm us. Yeah, I'm definitely down. <laughs> hey, man, thank, thank you. you. So thank now, you. It's a pleasure, man. Truly, truly, a great documentary, man. All right, take care.
Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.